Hello and welcome back to the A3 Footy Podcast. My name is Alex Catalano. We're back for another season review of the 2021 AFL season. Alex Miller, now we are tucking into the Crom Adelaide Crows for their 2021 year. Very good year from them, Cat, considering everyone thought they'd be like North and maybe one or two wins. They did pretty well, still bottom four, but a lot of positives to look at and excited to get stuck into the young core. Alex Doherty, we've grown to become big fans of Matty Nix and his bald noggin. We love to talk about him every week on the show. Oh, it, 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 sh- it shines brighter every day we talk about him, Cat, and it's, uh, it's fantastic. And, um, and, and of course... The crumb, the whole crumb phenomenon as well. That, that that's that's kicked on. That's kicked on quite magnificently as well. So it's all it's all starting to fall into place for Adelaide. <laughs> absolutely kicked on, hasn't it? The crumb. Uh, my favorite bit of the whole year, I think, is the fact that they actually put out crumb beanies on over on the Crowject podcast. Um, yes. Shout outs to to Damo from the Crowject. Great bloke, and I highly <laughs> encourage you to buy a crumb beanie if you haven't already. Uh, have, you, have you seen what they're selling now? They're selling crumb t shirts. Or, or crumb training tops, <laughs> and, 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 and it's literally like the Port Adelaide prison bars, only in Adelaide colours. <laughs> Definitely gonna pick one up. If, if anyone knows how to take the piss, it is crumb supporters, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> the crumb definitely didn't take the piss completely this year, boys. We've got plenty of good moments to get stuck into, I think. Um, and starting back from round one, Miller, yes. uh, they made a statement really with that round one win over Geelong and. I know we weren't sure whether this sort of earmarked whether the Crows were going to be a, a team that was going to push for the eight in 2021. Obviously, it didn't end up working out that way, finishing 15th. But this was a very, very bright spot to start the season. Yes, no, it was a great win uh, getting over Geelong by 12 points on their home deck. And we saw some things that would transpire for the rest of the year, Kat, which was Ben Keyes being consistent. Rory uh, Laird has always been consistent. And the elevation of guys like... Shoal, Seedsman. Um, we saw James Rowe emerge as a good young player, along with um, Harry Schongberg, who had a really impressive year, Doc, as a two-way. He went with some run-with roles, played off as an offensive man, and he was a great spot in that, not just that game, but the season for the Crows. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and you've touched on Schoenberg. He's, uh, I wanted to talk about him because I think he's been I, I think he's been one of many who have improved out of sight from last yeah. year. And the, the, way, the way, you know, we talk about their midfield, but I think it's, you know, you've got you know, Keys, as, Keys as well. I think he's, we talked about him being such an improvement last year, but he's taken another five steps forward this yeah. year. And and we saw Rory Laird play more midfield last year towards the back end of the year, and he's played there full-time this year, and he's just hasn't looked out of place. Won and, the BNF dot quite comfortably as well. Yeah, well, <laughs> that... that <laughs> Just goes to show just how valuable he is to that Adelaide team, and yeah, you know, three three wins from the first four games as well, boys. I think it's um, it was such a good start for Adelaide, and yeah, it all started you know sliding off as well. But I think it, you you come to expect that from a young team. Um, mm-hmm. they're still you know quite quite young all around the ground. I mean that that they're, they're blooding uh, new bookends as well. I mean Jordan Butts played more games this year as well. Um, Phil Thorpe got some games into him, which was great. And um, he's going to be some play. player, Doc. Oh, absolutely! And oh, yeah, you, you talk, know, you're talking about bright spots this year. Riley Philthorpe's debut game uh, might be one of the best debuts from a Crows player that I've ever seen. Maybe one of the best debuts from a key forward. Was that against Hawks? Yeah. It was. Yeah, that it was, was that, that game that the Hawks won by three points in yes. Tassie 
I remember fondly because um, that game was on, was wrapping up as Anzac Day was starting, and I, yes. I went to Anzac Day this year. And I'm waiting in line, getting a couple of bevs, and I'm watching on the TV, seeing this kid Riley Silthorpe just having the absolute game of his life. I think the favourite <laughs> thing about that doc, I remember I was watching the game, and I think it was um, Dermot Bremerton on the coverage said, "Oh, Silthorpe looks a bit shaky. He's only had three touches so far in the game. It was half time, <laughs> and he came out in the third quarter and said, "All right, every touch now I get will be a goal." And I tell you what, he could be really one of the one of the great key forwards in the comp. We talked about the King boys and we do every week, but Riley says, don't forget about me in uh, South Australia. I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, not since, not since I've seen uh, Ben Rutten make his debut cat, um, mm. where he kicked, I think he kicked about three or four goals playing full forward. Have <laughs> I seen a, have I seen a key forward just destroy an, an opposition back line quite like that? But Tell, um, tell you what, Miller, it's funny that Dermy was, um, <laughs> was saying that because he'd know all about... Debuts. Dermy actually debuted. I didn't know this. Debuted in the semi-final against North Melbourne, where he kicked five goals, and he was also an eighteen-year-old. So, if anyone's going to be criticising anyone for poor debuts, it's definitely him. (laughs) Well, he's got he's got the runs on the board, Dermy. So he he can say whatever he likes. Uh, Um, what about that game? What about that game round thirteen against the Saints boys? Obviously, um. They, there was another Phil Thorpe special there, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he came He came through, tried to mimic Cody Waitman's uh, over-the-body uh, goal, and um, he, he won, won the game, won the game for him. Yeah. You know, that, that, just... for me, that for me, Doc, was the fact that they came back from where they were, five goals down at half-time, and they held the Saints. The Saints only kicked one goal in the second half that whole game, so... You know, we talk about Silthorpe and the midfielders and how impressive they were, but kudos to that young backline as well in that game. Jordan Butts, he took a huge step across the year, and that was a game that I thought he really, really shone in. But you look at that backline that played in that game. Um, Brody Smith, uh, Jake Kelly, Tom Duday were holding down the fort, but then you had the likes of Worrell, Butts, Chase Jones down in that backline, Andy McPherson, Will Hamill rotating through. You know, it was a very, very young group, Doc, and they they really, really held it down. Yeah, absolutely, and I think the, the defense, I think, is probably one of their strongest their strongest assets um, this year. I think they were seventh in the comp for intercept possessions, and as we said, Butts is the perfect um, replacement for Daniel Talia. He's no longer there anymore, and um, obviously, as well, there's other there's other keys in there that they can sort of play around with. Um, um, and also they've got, you know, talk about talk about kids. Sam Berry as well, boys. The seventeen oh, games yes. in, his first year, in his first year. Hmm. That was um uh, the, the way he attacks a contest. He's 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 the best twenty two player in the future for mine. And and also the the way that Nick Murray has come into this team in the second half of the year, he looks like he. he you see his um. You see how they announced his new contract extension uh, earlier this year. They were all on the flight and yes. the flight atten- and the flight attendant stitched up Nick, uh, young Nick, and it was um it was fantastic. I did see that. That was a very very funny moment, Doc. But I tell you what, yeah, the Crows. You know, another big win, boys, was obviously the win over Melbourne. Was to give Melbourne's first loss of the year. They got up by a point. Um, and that was a great win. They said they just got over the line, but they played really well. And I think the exciting thing as well about the Crows is that they're going to get more great youth coming through. Um, you think about Macassie, you got to hopefully walk back into this team next year. Will be a massive addition. And well, think- on that, on that, Miller with with Fisher, um, yeah, we've sort of heard bits and pieces. I think the rumours slowed down as the year went by, but. 
There was word that he wasn't playing because a trade with the Hawks was already in motion at the start of the season, but now all that talk sort of dried up and it looks like he is going to be staying with the Crows. Where do you sort of see his his future? Is it in the forward line? Is it in the back line? It's a tough one because, as Doc mentioned, Jordan Butts had a great year and we talk about there's plenty of players for most improved, not just for the crumb, but we'll get to that, but in the comp. And Jordan Butts has really emerged as one of the great lockdown one-on-one defenders and does a great job. But, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you've got Thilthorpe down there. Tex Walker's future um, is clouded in terms of where he's going to be sort of positioned going forward if he's even going to get a full season or half games or mm-hmm. maybe just delisted still is un- unclear. But um, there's one thing for sure, Kat, is that Fisher needs to be in the team. At what end, I would probably say for now as a backman um, because with Talia going um, and Murray is being serviceable, they need another big key defender. So I would say down back for now. But I tell you what, it, the, the emergence as well, Doc, of uh, Shane McAdam has been one of the great stories of, of the you know forward players in the modern era is that he's come from nowhere, this guy, and works his ass off week after week. And I, I've never seen a game that he doesn't try in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it was about three years ago where he was um, part, part and parcel for that deal for um, Mitch McGovern yeah. to go to Carlton. So, yeah, he's, he's been in, he's been in the um, the squad since and, you know, he's had, he sort of struggled up until last year to really get really get some games into him. And now that he's got that chance, he's... um. He, he he looks he looks so deadly up forwards. Like you, you've got to have him in for next year. And I think twenty five goals, eleven from fifteen games, probably doesn't even begin to speak of the justice. You know what he brings to this, this team. Like it, you know, it, he's quite elusive. He's quite quick. You know, he's he's good on the lead too. And good I, I don't hands, think many, great hands. Not, not not many people talk about that. You know, pe- people think, oh, small forwards, yeah, yeah, be at the fe- be at the feet of the big boys, and you know, go 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 and do your thing. But I, I think it's. I think it goes without saying, like these lead up small forwards, they're they're, um, they're few and far between at the moment. Yeah. Um, talk, talk about Elliot being one of the best in the game. Cody Waitman does it a lot too. Fritch. But Shane, uh, yeah, Fritch does it too. Um, but yeah, also, you know, uh, Shane McAdam would be up there as well for some of the best lead up small forwards. 100%. And he's got that, that high flying mark as well to him, doesn't he, Miller? Like he's an exciting yeah. player to watch too. Yeah, he is. And that's, I think, as, as Doc summed up there, they're, they're in short supply, those type of players. And um, to be, you know, averages 1.7 goals a game. So that's, you know, a really great year from him. So they had plenty of improvers, the Crows, but there were some low points for sure, though, Cat, looking at them. Yes, we'll definitely touch on the bad as well because if you finish in the top four, the year sorry, the bottom four, the year certainly isn't all, all daisies and roses. I, mean, I wish it was top four. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, um, the biggest uh, low point probably came off field with Tex Walker's uh, incident. Obviously, at the Sandfall with his racist slur towards Robbie Young, um, which was disappointing. Boys, I think not even just for the club to see one of their players do that, but given the year that he'd had and the way it yeah. seemed like he was leading the young boys towards something better, probably the worst possible thing you can see your leader do at such a crucial time in the year as well. And he was obviously had been out a couple of weeks with injury as well. And then the club said he wasn't going to be playing for the rest of the year after that, um, which really just sort of seemed to suck all the life out of the Crows to the end of the season. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for mine, Doc, coming from that is, as Kat summed up there, it's not any player doing that and racism we there's no room for it in any sport and 
anywhere in the world in society. But to have that come from your captain, as I think it definitely had a big effect on everyone from the playing group. And we saw Maddie Nick's emotional response um, just showing how much it mean, meant to him on a personal level. Um, for something like that to happen from a leader would be so disappointing to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I remember we were sort of discussing it as it sort of happened. Yeah. And we, you know, a lot, lot of, lot of thoughts sort of, you know, were exchanged and yeah, absolutely. For, for somebody who, you know, not only, you know, for, for the year that he's had, but a man who's, you know, led from the front, you know, the last five years, it, 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 it is very disappointing. And the um, tough thing as well, Doc, is the question marks still. So I think, where do we see him ending up in like this season coming up? I'm still mm-hmm. unclear of what his future is. I think it's, it's if anything, it's given the Crows an opportunity to say, you know, now's the time that you've you've basically tarnished your reputation and the club's reputation as much as you possibly can. We've got these young guys coming into the forward line who we need to get games into. You know, Himmelberg, for example, didn't play barely any games at all this year. Um, Frampton was in and out. Um, you know, the likes of Fisher McCassie, as we talked about before, needs to get a run in there. Fogarty was in and out throughout the season too. So then with all these options, Kat, do you say time for you to go? to take Well, yeah, I mean, uh, there's no other better excuse really for it if, you know, it's it's the opportunities there and they need to get games into these young guys. Why not pull the trigger sooner rather than later when the guy's already on the ice? I'm not sure what yeah, you would do, Doc. In your, in, in, if you were, you know... Manager of football at um, Crows, God forbid. But if you were, um, <laughs> what would you do? Would you? You'd, I think you'd have to pull the trigger. Yeah, look, it, it, it's, it's interesting. The more I think about it, you know, I think I remember. I remember telling you, uh, especially Miller. You know, considering mm. you know how much damage this club has been dealt with. Um, you know, in terms of off-field, you know, situations, and you know, you feel like yes, the the, the best thing to do would be to. You know, you're trying you're trying to rebuild all that, and the best idea, and the best ideas to sort of, you know, you know, get rid of get rid of all the um all the things that help. But you look at the year that Walker's had, and it, and it alleviates alleviates so much pressure off of off of guys like Himmelberg and and Thilthorpe yeah. and Fogarty, you know, and but, and he's not out of, and he's not out of contract either, so they can't exactly say you know on your bike. Yeah, I know. Mm. But my thing is for you then, Doc, is young clubs are built on culture. And not just a winning culture and not just an effort culture, but a, a respect for um, everyone within your team and within the football world. And that lack of respect from a leader, I think you don't want that to rub off onto the young lads because if they think that, yeah, well, Tex only got it four weeks or how many, how many weeks did he get suspended? Six? I, I think he got he either got four or six. I'm, I'm, so I'm, I'm saying, so yeah, so oh, he only got four or six and he's allowed to walk back into the team. That doesn't send a good example, and it just reminds me of the Toby Green situation, how you've got to deal with these penalties harshly, and I would have mm. given Tex half a year, to be honest. But Yeah, um, I, I, I think I would, have, I would have too, but I think... I would shop I him think, around. I would take the best value deal you can get for him. Yeah, um, look, I think considering what Tex has done over the years, I mean, he, I, he's... Look, everyone makes mistakes, and we all, and we all accept yeah. that. And I think Walker has done plenty off field to suggest that you know he he's he's got to redeem himself now. I'm sure I'm sure Nick's and the Adelaide board have all sat down with him for many sessions yeah, to yeah. to to etch out some sort of plan and 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 get him on this right path. Mm. And 
I think, I think considering what he's done for the club over the years, I think uh, I, I'm I'm personally more inclined to sort of give him give him one last give him one last shot. Yeah, I, I think like Cat said though, it, has he spent that? Like his mm. chance. Like uh, I think, like you said, Cat is that the biggest thing is that he's he's sort of burnt burnt that bridge by downplaying his year, which was elite on the field. Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a conundrum that, yeah, I'm glad we are not the ones in the position that we have to make that decision. Because <laughs> I'm struggling enough uh, picking what I'm going to have on my sandwich, so make me lose it. <laughs> it would be something boys, that I'd struggle with for sure. I, 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 I just want to say, if if they do decide to put him, keep him on for next year, I think that, I think they've got to set the precedent so he's got to earn his spot back. Yeah, one hundred percent. And 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 I think that and I think it'll be a lot harder than he thinks because, yeah. like we've discussed, Fogarty, Himmelberg, Philthorpe, they, they're all they're all here and they're all ready to go. Now he's got to build the trust of his coach, Doc. Absolutely, he's got to build the trust of everybody again. Yep. So, so I, I, I don't, I don't think, it, I don't think he should be. Look, I don't think he should be sacked for a slip up, but I think he's, if he's got to, if he's got to play again next year, he's got to, he's got to earn trust. Yeah, hundred percent agree with that. Great call. Yeah. In terms of the uh, bad stuff on field, though, boys, um, probably a couple of injury and form things that the Crows probably would have preferred to not have happen. Um, Matt Crouch, obviously, not being able to get on the field for. The entire season, um, probably one of the bigger downsides. Jackson Haley as well, boys. I was a bit disappointed in the fact that he only ended up playing the three games for the Crows throughout the year, both through a mix of injury and just not being able to crack the team. Mm. Played some, played ten games in the in the Sandful to, yeah. to decent returns, and he had some good games down there. But it's interesting to me that they they were willing to you know take the punt on him through the preseason draft, and then he. Couldn't even really crack the side. I hope he can repay their favour next year, Doc. Yeah, I, I hope so too. I mean, obviously, I think the sort of role he plays is more in, more on the inside, where you've got Laird, and you've got Keys, Crouch will come back in as well, and you've got Rory Sloan as well. So that's four guys there already that are that are esteemed elite ball winners and clearance extractors. I suppose something as well, boys, is a bit of a low light is some winnable games slipping out of their hands. Consecutive weeks in in the middle of the season, um, they lost to Collingwood by five points at home, and then um, a couple of weeks later, lost by ten points to, to Carlton, um, and then had a couple of were smashed by Brisbane and Essendon in consecutive weeks, and just couldn't get their form back. Mm-hmm. So um, they also Jeez, that, that game that game against us, uh, I saw that one in person, and that might be one of the one of the worst games I've seen the Crows play in a. Very, very long time. Uh, yeah. Obviously, the, 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 the worse than any, worse than anything you've seen last year because I thought that was pretty bad. Well, I think the fact. I mean, they were obviously incredibly, incredibly undermanned in that game as well. Like they had basically none of their senior players really in Brody Smith, and it was basically him and his his pack of kids. He was taking care of the daycare. Him and him and Paul Seedsman <laughs> throughout the game. But um, yeah, it was. That was shocking. That was really poor. So, yeah, that, those games for mine, just a little bit frustrating. And then the, the derby as well, boys, the the showdown would have been something that was very disappointing. Only going down by four points. But they, they should have won that game, I think, Doc. Mm-hmm. The Port were well off their game and just couldn't capitalise. 
Yeah, well, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because I think the the, the biggest, the, I think the biggest deficiency this year has been their um their, their disposal. They're, they're yeah. bottom four in the competition yeah. for disposal efficiency, and and you look at some of these uh, rankings: sixteenth in the competition overall for disposals, and seventeenth for uncontested. Yeah. And and it's and and they don't have any problems finding the footy, finding the footy from the source. They're 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 fifth in the league, but once it get once it gets to that next stage, they're still mm. very. They're still very scrappy with how they use the how they use the ball, whether or not. It's just a sign, I think, of being a very young team. Yeah, well, that yeah. these guys are under pressure a lot. When, like you said, they are winning the ball at the cold face, but that next decision just isn't coming off the way they want. It's very to. similar to the Suns boys that we just talked about. Mm-hmm. The midfield is really nice, and Doc, you've you've just listed the stats there to, to back it up. But the the forward use is going to be something that's critical for for Adelaide for sure. Yeah, well, here's the thing. They're 14th. They were 14th for both goals and points for this year. So, um, they're not getting enough, not getting enough output in in their forward fifty, and yep. if, and also 16th. They've 16th in the competition for points against. So, yeah, right. so they're um. Look, we we talk about. I, I think I think it's the I think they've got to they've got to polish up their ball use going forward now because I think. If they, if they turn it over, the chances are that they're going to get scored against, yeah. and, and we've seen and we've seen it so often this year that ad, that one poor one poor mistake, you know, in their forward half has has turned has turned it over into a, an opposition score. Yeah. So, um, I think they've they've just got to they've just got to sort that out, and I think the rest will fall into place. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Absolutely. Let's chat our most improved crows for the year, boys. There's a few <laughs> good options. Certainly not sport for choice here, are we? <laughs> There's a few good options across here. Um, I think one of the guys that we talked about before that I would probably put up for most improved would have to be Jordan Butts. Um, just the way that he came from basically nowhere and suddenly became a bit of a household name down in that back line. He looks like a long-term player for the crows' future in defence and. I would very happily call him their most improved player from this year, especially as a youngster. That's not bad. I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a really good call. I, I think you know, Butts played. Butts played every game. One of five players to to actually do that this year. It's and pretty impressive, isn't it, Doc? It is very impressive, considering the fact that you know, I think there's not there's not a lot of him in compared to you know the behemoth he has to match up with every every <laughs> week. Um, but I, I think it, it once he gets a couple more preseasons into him, you know, a couple of a couple of weight sessions uh, every summer, I think he's going to be a very good player. And uh, and look, he only played two games last year. I don't I don't recall him doing a lot. But um, once he does, you know, he's, he's going to get better in time. He's only he's only twenty one, mm-hmm. so there's plenty of room for him. Um, who, have I, who am I going to have as my most improved? Um, uh, I'm not quite sure. I, I like a little bit of left field, um, and, and he's only played 15 games. But I, th- I saw a lot of Chase Jones this year. Yeah, um, I like that, Doc. His, his positional move worked out for him well. He started the year in the forward line, and then when they shifted him down to halfback, I thought it worked quite well for him. Yeah, I thought that too. Um, you know, he played a little bit more along the halfback as you know as the season progressed, and and I was I was left quite impressed with what he was able to do. And you know, once it's not it's not easy getting the um you know getting the positional change you know down pat mid season, but I think once you know he'll, he'll get a preseason next year, he'll, he'll work along the backs, and once that happens, I think he can really jet off. He'll he could play most games. And he can provide something to this Adelaide team that'll help them. That'll help them proceed. 
Yeah, I don't mind that. Miller, who have you got for for your most improved across this year? Um, I've got uh, the big ruck dog, Riley O'Brien, boys. I think criminally oh. underrated through throughout his career. But what he's achieved the last two seasons has been really good. The stats won't jump off as in terms of number improvement because it's very similar to last year. But the big one is his clearance work. He's gone from 3.3 to 3.9. So that's a massive thing. And he's hit us to advantage her up as well. So I love the way he goes about it. The biggest thing as well, Cat, he's 26 now. And we know Ruckman hit their peak about 27, 28. So he's coming into some nice form. Um, you'd also chuck up, I think Lockie Murphy had a good year. Um, didn't get the goal to game ratio, but his pressure I thought was a lot better in terms of his tank because especially last year, boys, I remember he'd have a great quarter of pressure where he laid four or five tackles and you wouldn't see him till the fourth. So definitely just trying to get some consistency. And uh, Lockie Scholl, another name as well, but I would definitely go with uh, Riley O'Brien for sure. And I think what's going to benefit them as well while we go into what they're going to pick up for next year, Cat, is Wayne Miller and Josh Worrell are two guys that didn't play any footy this year. Um that will help their defence immensely, I think. Yeah, it was really unfortunate for Worrell that he only got the one game. Yeah. And I thought he would have been a, a guy that you would have backed into, yeah, have a really strong season, even though like a couple of other blokes, there's not a whole lot on him just yet. He's still a bit of a bean pole. But um, <laughs> he'll get there, and I think he'll be another great addition. And I, I, reckon, I reckon that mullet of his could probably add a couple of kilos. <laughs> if he's hey, fresh right. out of the shower, dripping wet, Doc, then yeah, he might... <laughs> Might be a chance. <laughs> it's looking, it's looking aerodynamic for that young man. And I don't know, Wayne Miller has been a big one, Doc. Missed the last two years with his injuries. But I tell you what, when he played off halfback, he looked electric. Yeah, he did. Um, you know, we think think back to a couple of years ago when the Crows were still sort of semi-relevant. but um, <laughs> Still only 24, I, Doc. Yeah, I think the way Miller, uh, Miller um you know, presented himself off half back at times uh, a couple of years ago was, was outstanding, and you know it's the sort of line breaking, you know, half back flanker that the Crows need. I think. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Let's crack into our most valuable players, best player from the year, boys. Uh, as we said, the Crows have already had their best and fairest, and it was the the desk man that won it. Yep, Rory Laird. <laughs> yep, Stumpy, <laughs> Stumpy Laird. But um, I'm sure we'll have different opinions here and there on who the best Crom player was for season 2021. So I'll start with you, Doc. Who is your best Crow for the year? Uh, oh, look, it is hard to go against the uh, the, the human desk. Um, <laughs> I, I think I think he's been very good. But if we want to talk about some... We haven't actually talked about him at all yet, but um, he's one of our favourites. Paul Seedsman, boys. On, the on Barrel the Seed. Oh, I love that call. Yep. Big Cedar. Um, on, on the wing this year, I think he, he was far and wide their best, the, the best winger in the comp this year. Yep. Should have been um, an Australian. No, I'll show you a few, though. Piss off. <laughs> yeah, should, should have been all Australian, but um, no, no one in the selection committee had brain cells. So, <laughs> no no um, wingman for you, eh? <laughs> All-Australian team. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I think... Oh, look, it, it's easy to point, point at um, what, what Laird's done this, this year, but for a side that has lacked, you know, un, um, has lacked polish and outside run this year, I think Seedsman has been a, a, a big standout for mine this year. I love that call. I, I, I tend to agree. I'd say Seedsman be up there. Ben Keys, boys, obviously is. Like I said, <laughs> I honestly think he might be one of the most improved players I've ever seen in the game in terms of he's gone from not getting a game in Brisbane's team, dominating the twos up there and just looking like his career was down and out, like we've said before, Cat and... Mm. Turning yourself into an A grader from that is something that 
can't be understated in the in the modern era. And give props to um, the Adelaide recruitment team and Manning for giving Ben Keys the opportunity. And Ben Keys put the work in, and he'd definitely be up there for mine for their best player. And obviously, Laird has mentioned, so definitely one of those three would be great. Yeah, I, I struggle to split Laird and Keys with the years that they have. Um, Laird, the the higher disposal getter. And he wins more clearances, but Keys tackles more. He gets more inside fifties, kicks more goals. So they have a slightly different play style between the two of them, and I think both of them are just as crucial to the Crows game Can plan. We give as them each both a bottle of champagne each, cat. I would. I'd give, I'd give them. I'd give them the whole bloody winery if they wanted it. <laughs> they're um, they're fantastic. Um, yeah. Just both of them. I, I'd probably yeah. I'd be unable to split it between the two of them. I would have generally awarded it a tie to the. I tell you there. what, it reminds me, Doc, of when your your parents say, "I don't have a favourite," because now we know how it feels. We've got two great bloody <laughs> down of a midfielder standing next to each other, and like Kat said, they're both amazing things this year. It, yes, we're the only podcast with only hundreds of sons, and we can't split them all. Just just very interesting to point out. I've got the top ten in front of me here. Um, Led three votes ahead of keys for um for our first there you go. And, wow. uh, and and seedsman and seedsman are not so distant third there you there go. Go. the club could barely even split them either um let's have a look at what they need for next season boys we've kind of touched on it already um and there's a few names sort of bowling around that have been linked to the crows jordan dawson we know is coming home to south australia for sure but at the moment it's currently looking more likely that he'll be a port adelaide player in 2022 um, Brayden Maynard, another name that's been thrown around as a possible link to the Crows. Um, so there's a couple of options. But what do we see as them needing? I guess, Miller, we'll start with you. What do they want out of this trade period and draft? I think uh, another small forward would be really key, Cat. I think um, Tyson Stengel hasn't worked out for a multitude of reasons, but we've seen McAdam emerge as a nice medium marking forward. Murphy's got some craft down there, but... A name I threw up before we went to air was Kane Farrell, boys. Now, 22 years old. He's a he's a good size, 182. Doc, you've got you're a big fan of Farrell. He's got some great foot skills, a lovely kick on the move, and in general, a bit of class. I think would that would definitely add to the Crows' forward line for sure. Yeah, he's a thumping kick, isn't he, uh, young kick. Ronnie? And and uh, <laughs> I think he's um. I, th- I think he I think he he'd find himself a nice little spot in this twenty two somewhere. I'm not quite sure where I'd put him, considering the fact that I think look, it, it's too early to do my um my preseason best twenty twos. But if we, if we if, if if we're going straight off the bat and off the cuff, um, I'd say you'd have McAdam and Rowe in there as as your uh, as your two top small forwards. And I yeah. think McHenry is, and McHenry as well. I think you'd you'd find you'd find room in there as well. But I think, but I think having a guy like Farrell, who's a good mover, um, yeah, as you said, he's a, he's a good kick, um, both in terms of accuracy and penetration. Mm. Um, I I don't mind I don't mind him. I think I can find a, a spot in the team for him somewhere. I've got a couple of other names which I'll throw uh, out there, boys. Joel, Joel Gardner, cat recently just been delisted, as you informed me, by Port. Mm. Good size. He's a medium defender. He wouldn't be a bad option, I think, as as a as a young man. He's only twenty two as well, and then. Uh, Brock Smith, who, you know, was picked 33 in 2019 draft, hasn't played a game yet, still yep. only 20 years old. Yeah, I don't mind the, the Smith selection. Both of those guys, I think, add bits and pieces to the Crows that they don't have already. Yeah. The other one that I would look at is Jake Kelly, obviously, 
is going to be departing the club through free agency. And we know he plays a big part in what Manny Nix wants to play in their game plan. As much as we criticise how he plays sometimes, he did play 21 games in them for for them this year. So he's clearly a part of what they want to have. So another guy who's sort of maybe that medium size that plays a bit smaller, a Dylan Grimes type almost who can take the talls and the smalls. Obviously, they're not going to be going after Dylan Grimes, but <laughs> you cannot have him. <laughs> a player of that sort of size and stature, I think, would be a good pickup. Well, um, Nick Caulfield, cat. Yeah, yeah Caulfield type. Caulfield probably doesn't play quite as much one on one, but he does have that same similar size, and he's a great rebounder. Would you chase him, cat, given his sort of inconsistency in terms of not just his form, but uh, Ratten being able to pick him? Yeah, you could pick him. Um, I think he's an option. In there, he's where's he from? Caulfield, he, is is um, he? A, yeah, he's a, he's a Vic Metro. He's a Vic Metro boy. He's Caulfield, boy. Yeah, well, he could be. Could be. I don't mind the choice. I, I don't know. I've, I've got a I've got a bit of a left field suggestion here. What about Lockie O'Brien from Carlton? Would you would you would you target him for for a spot opposite Cedar on the wings? Oh, I like that. That's not a bad shirt. I the biggest thing though, I think, is you got Shoal as well, Doc. So you've got. Shoal and, and Seedsman working well, I think, on the outside. What do you think is the, the big spot to fill with? The key forwards aren't too bad. We've touched on a lot of them. Would you look for maybe just a, a couple more small forwards and maybe another medium defender? Yeah, look, I think, um, I think yeah, shoring up defensive stocks would be good. Um, I'm not sure who, who else you've got in there playing that playing the, you know, sort of lockdown small defender, small defender role. Yeah. Um, McPherson can do a good job. Um, I don't think how many games did he play? He only played. He played eighteen this year. So, I, I think looking at forwards is you like him, my, don't you, Doc? As well, McPherson. Yeah, he, he gives it his all every week. Um, yeah. Andy, I, I really like the cut of his jib. Yep. Um, bookends. I don't think we need to worry too much about. They've got key forwards. They've got key backs. They've got they've got good ruckman. Um, Would you ask about then, Jack Ross, Doc? Um. Yeah, oh, look, I'd, I'd inquire about Jack Ross, but I, I'm I'm not sure whether or not Richmond would be willing to give him up. Well, that's the thing. He just he played extremely great game at the back end of the season, but just hasn't been given the opportunity to to really shine. I think, and he's a uh, he's been pretty good in the games he's played, and there's no question that he's got talent. But you have to ask the question as well. I would also look at some of these other these other clubs as well. Doc that have some young players. Cooper Stevens at Geelong, I think would be interesting to ask about and what what Geelong would ask for him, if anything. Yeah, look, I mean, that's not too bad, but uh, considering where, where Geelong are heading at the moment, um, I've, I've also, uh, a name just popped up as well, uh, Dylan Stevens. Um, yeah. I, he's a South Australian boy and, and out of out of favour at the Swans. They're obviously doing pretty well without him at the moment. They're interested in him. I know they've thrown their hat in the ring for, for Stevens, uh, the Crows. Or the, I think it's at the moment, though, they might have, Stevens might have ruled it out and said it's either Collingwood or staying at the Swans. So yeah, well, why, would you, well, why would you go to Collingwood? <laughs> it's, a, it's a great question, isn't it, mate? Well, that, um, that, yeah, that's the thing, I think, with, with this Crows team, boys, is that I think summed up perfectly, Doc. The, the pillars look good. You've got a nice, great Ruckman who easily top five in the comp, if not top three, the way he plays. Got some good good young bookend forwards and backs. So I think just getting a couple more smalls uh, at either end would be the key because the midfield's nice as well, I think, Kat. 
Yeah, no, I would agree. Maybe a mobile, um, I think we talked about it a bit already, but a mobile leading forward type who's maybe got a bit more height on someone like McAdam who can play the well, role that Tom Lynch had. Billy Frampton could be that, but he just sort of very I think he's a bit slow <laughs> to yeah, be that. Yeah, and he's just a little bit patchy with his form in general. But yeah. I'll tell you what, they do have a lot of young talent, boys, and the Absolutely. Crows are really shaping in a good direction, I think. Yeah, let's um, yeah, let's give our, our ratings out of ten for the year. Doc, start with you. Oh. How do you see? Where do you see this year? How's it fit into the future of the club? There we go. There we go. Oh. Miller's really keen to hear what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's tough to it's tough to assess. What what, what are we at? Seven, won seven games. I had them finishing in the uh, bottom two. Um, start of the year. Oh, I'd say I'm very close to giving it a five, but I think the the, the way they sort of ended the year, I, I'm more more partial to give it a four. Um, obviously, they had the, they had that huge string of losses. You know, I think it was what seven seven of the last nine they lost. Yeah. Um, and that, so and one of those wins was North Doc. So yeah, and yeah, one of the wins was against North, <laughs> and the other one and the other one was against Hawthorne. So. Um, it wasn't wasn't great heading towards the second half of the year, but there is a lot of upside with Adelaide, and I, and I'm very excited to see what they do in the off season. You know, I would honestly, I would I'll, seriously, I would throw the kitchen sink at Jordan Dawson. I was going to say, Doc, do you, do you give off six if you're the crow? You're sitting there. You, I would go. I agree. I think all in's the best approach. Yeah, absolutely. Pick pick fours of you know they've 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 got pick four. Jordan Dawson, I, I think he's I think he warrants a first round pick. 100%. At least he does. It, like, off, if you're going off potential, surely. Well, and, and form this year. But, I mean, but, he's had... potential, potential, and what he's produced this year, Cat. Mm. I, I think yes, absolutely. Uh, he's I, the first. Yeah, I think. Like I agree with Doc. The biggest thing, Cat, is with the wingers is that they're not in short supply. They're not. Well, no players are in short supply, but wingers and key key position players and rucks are hard to get. And and good yeah. quality wingers like John Dawson. Don't just say I'm coming back home every two three years. So mm. if I'm and, and I think that actually Adelaide have the better currency in order to land him over Port. Um, oh, no doubt of, they do, unless Port find a way to trade for someone else's first rounder. But I don't know what they're giving up to get that. Well, exactly, that, that's the thing there. So I, I think the Crows are in a great spot. I know I would chuck I would chuck you at first round at him. Mm. Um, yeah. I guess for my rating, I'll go. I might go a five. I think. The, the good parts of the year, for me, you see the likes of Key's improvement. C's been going up to another level at, you know, 30 now. Butts playing every game of the year. Things like that show me that this year was definitely a win for the Crows. Some of the wins they had were fantastic. I know we said they had those ones against North and Hawthorne as well, which obviously lesser opponents. But overall, the development of the year... I think has seen them heading on the right mm. direction. The guys that need to be performing are performing. The downsides for me, obviously, aside from ladder position, were Haitley not getting on the park really at all. Uh, Matt Crouch's injury too, and I suppose it's those question marks around how they are operating around Taylor Walker. But all in all, firmly middle of the pack for what I think we we're expecting out of them for this year. Yeah, I'd probably give him a four as well. I'd say. Um... Interesting year because, like, there's still seven wins are still good boys for a team that, as we started, I, I didn't think would win <laughs> maybe two. <laughs> if lucky. So, to get seven, you know, is a pretty good achievement. And they've definitely got good foundation pieces. And I think the biggest thing that you want to do as a rebu- uh, rebuilding team, boys, is we've seen it with Noble so far in his short time. 
we're going to hopefully see it with Craig McRae is that these coaches have got different methods and got different styles. And Nick's was never going to be like Don Pike. And they've done a really good job, Adelaide, supporting Manny Nick's to build what he what he's built so far. And they're going to make a good push towards the bottom end of the eight, I think. They won't make the eight. But I think if they can finish in that 10 to – or 12 to 10 bracket, they'd be pleased. So I'll give them a four on this season. Not bad, yeah. I think we all agree pretty similar that there were the, the positives in terms of the rebuild, but all in all, <laughs> probably obviously the obvious things that went wrong for them too. Kick more goal. Kick more goal. I want to see Crom kick more goal. Crom more goal. <laughs> really Frampton more highlights. <laughs> more Crom goal, please. Uh, That's going to be all from us on this episode of the A3 Footy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to our Adelaide season review. Make sure you listen back to our other season reviews as well. We'll have North Melbourne, Collingwood, and Gold Coast all available for you to listen to. Next up, we've got Hawthorne coming after this one, which is, uh, I think it's going to be a big one considering all the coaching moves and whatnot that went on there. Who's that coach there, Doc? Do we know who's there? (laughs) Um, I don't know. Somebody... Mitchell's been sacked, hasn't he? And Clarko's back. (laughs) Whoever it is, somebody's got the knife in the pocket and and they're ready to... uh, Ready to shift him immediately. Who knows? By the time we get to the Hawthorne one and Carlton's after that, we might actually know who the coach of Carlton is. So probably not. For... Probably not, Cat. <laughs> probably not, though. <laughs> Make sure you follow us on all our socials: A3 Footy Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> at A3 I Footy. Blue, I hear the Blues are chasing us, Cat. <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've just slid into my DMs after hearing that one. Um, <laughs> Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A3 Footy, and of course, as uh, our email as well: A3 Footy at gmail.com. With all that said, make sure you join us for the next season reviews coming up. I've been Alex Catalano. I have not been the Carlton coach. <laughs> and I've not been uh, Clarko. <laughs> uh, we might be coaching Carlton by the next episode. Thanks for listening and join us then. Ciao.